the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, no nickname necessary, Mike Castleberry. (laughs) And we are back, back for the new year. First episode recorded of the new year. First episode recorded of the new year. And I've like woke up and found out some like exciting ass news. <laughs> and I posted it everywhere. And then come to find out that it's probably not real at all. Yeah. And that's that uh, KK Downing was back in Judas Priest. Yeah. He fucking sends me this shit while I'm at work. He's like, dude. Yeah. Weekend Metal Update. Yeah. And I go, oh shit, because I just see the headline. K.K. Downing. Right. Back in Judas Priest. And, and then, then you, you read the article, and it's saying that supposedly he's going to do one show with them. Well, it just said rejoin them at that time. Yeah, rejoin them yeah. at that time in London in yeah. February of next of year. Of next year. In 2020. Right. So at first I go, like, oh, are they about to do, like, a retirement? Yeah, or something. Right. You know? But then it wasn't like announced anywhere else. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I like, yeah, I deleted that shit. And, uh, but the thing about it is, I mean, like, I don't know. He was basically talking shit when he wrote that book. Yeah. Right. So, I, so usually talking shit is not the way to get yourself back in the band. And then, and, but he recently like said that he would like, this is what I searched when I was looking for this. Um, that he would like to go be back in the band if they like approached him correctly. I don't know yeah. what the fuck that means, but um, but it would be like I think it would be a good idea. He could take over back his parts, and um, dude, whatever that dude is, uh, he's great. I can you know he'll learn Glenn's parts, yeah, which is easy for that. He could play anything, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be I think it would be a good idea. So that's that's the uh, because as it is right now, with that guy um, Andy Sneap, yeah, he's really just like he's not at that level, you yeah. know. Well, um, that's the guy that's just like a producer, ain't he? Yeah, basically he, he is. Yeah, he's like when, um, uh, like when uh, James Hetfield's guitar tech. Had to play right. him for a little bit. Right, he fucked up his arm. Yeah, or was he on the stage? Yeah, I think he was actually on the oh, stage. Okay, because this dude's—I mean, you know, this dude's on the stage. Yeah, the dude, they had the dude on stage playing rhythm, and then James just had the the microphone, and he actually said he kind of enjoyed it in a little bit because he never got to be like full on frontman, frontman like Dio or somebody where right. you just are running around not playing, you're just controlling the stage. So he kind of enjoyed that a little bit despite the fact he had just been set on fire <laughs> in Montreal, right. I think it was. But uh, yeah, man, that's fucking interrupt me at work and shit. With <sighs> some news. bullshit. This is why I double check. Whenever something seems too good to be true, I Google that. Yeah. And when I Googled KK Downing, uh, the only thing that came up was like an interview, like he'd done one like yesterday, kind of like talking a little bit of shit about Judas Priest. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh man. Richie Faulkner. That's Richie Faulkner. Richie Faulkner. Yeah, he's a badass guitar player. 
uh, he, he's one of those dudes, him and like Joe Hoekstra, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Broderick. These are like these, uh, Kiko Loredo. These are like these super shredder dudes who can just like play anything. Yeah. Like, like uh, Kiko, he's in Megadeth now. Yeah. He plays everybody's solos just like they play yeah. them. You know, it's 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 amazing what, what some of these motherfuckers can do nowadays. Now, the trick is with guys like that, though, is that's really cool when they can play everybody's solos. Right. How are their own solos that they well, play? Depends on the dude, but usually they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, has Kiko actually played on a Megadeth record? Like, I uh, think he. I think he played on the last one. Yeah, which, yeah, I haven't really either. I need to, to be honest. I heard he was actually good. Yeah. Because they, like we said before, they had this run where they like had this comeback run. Where right. They had a few sick albums in a row, and then right. it kind of fell off again. So I yeah. lost interest. Yeah. And they stopped being a day one like instant buy for me. Again. Right. But, right. Uh, I heard. I've heard good things about the last one. Yeah. And maybe I think the one before that was all right too. Yeah, but it's you know those they you can't count Dave Mustaine out I guess. No, nah, for sure he he uh, um, yeah I mean you know he's, right from day one. <laughs> right he, from you day know one. he's like the the thrash metal uh, Blackmore. You know, he's in a sense, kicking yeah. people out of his band all yeah, the time, yep. firing, firing people based on his personal preferences. It's his band, but. It's funny because that whole Megadeth comeback, that was originally just supposed to be a Dave Mustaine project. Like, he, oh, okay. he had rehabbed his arm. Right. He could play again, and he was going to do, like, a solo record. Mm -hmm. And then, same, kind of similar to Iomi, the record label was like, this will sell better as a Megadeth record. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he was completely fine with calling it Megadeth. Right. He wasn't originally intending to call it a Megadeth record, and then he was like, "Oh, I guess we're doing Megadeth again." Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. Well, maybe news. I mean, there is you can't rule out that it ha happened. Right. Well, I'm still I'm still you know, that day this was like last week that uh, Paul Stanley just chose to like Instagram the original ad that he placed that yeah. for the ace answered when he joined the band yeah. and i thought well this is, is this a fucking little hint to something you or know whatever, what it, but you know what that <sighs> probably is it's fuck it's paul stanley isn't stupid right i'm gonna stoke some interest he's not gonna say oh fuck no ace isn't gonna show up right 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 fuck, he'll He'll, him and Gene will go with, oh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. That Anyone, you never know. And it's probably not. Yeah. But, you know, there's the, the, I mean, people cross their fingers, though, at least for me, since we both live in San Diego. We're right. going to be going to the San Diego show. Ace Freely lives in San Diego. Right. That would be something. If they did a couple of shots with Ace showing up, like San Diego might be the place where they do it because he's right. here. Yeah. Because other people are talking, oh, he might show up because I guess they're going to play Madison Square Garden. Right. It's like, oh, maybe he'll be in MSG. Right. Because, or Detroit. Yeah. Because they got that Detroit thing. Yeah. You know? But he's, you know, he's a native New Yorker. Right. And, you know, but then people are like, well, he lives in San Diego. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, that would be cool, though. <clears throat> that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, there's a lot of good tribute shows coming. Like, uh, we're gonna, uh, I'm trying to go see this one. Uh, a friend of mine's in the band. It's like a SOD tribute band, mm -hmm. and they're opening for, uh, 
I think it's um, one of the uh, Metallica ones, which w there's a not anesthesia. There, uh, there's anesthesia, and then this there's, one. Uh, there's like Creeping Death is one. Right. Uh, I think there's one like called like Hardwired. Yeah, yeah, it might be that one. But anyways, we we were laughing because like there's been like a new thing coming up where it's uh, there's female tribute bands, like all female tribute bands, and they have like names like uh, what was it, Motor Babe? Yeah. Uh, Judas Priestess, obviously the Iron Maidens or whatever. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah. So that's uh, I'd hit you up with the idea. Yeah. And this is probably where. Uh, People that listen to this are either gonna think it's funny, yeah, or, or stupid, uh, or they're gonna think we're fucking sexist, right? <laughs> right. But I figured I thought it'd be fun to come up, you know, like the Black Sabbath, right? And if uh, to come up with a few yeah. names for female tri tribute bands, yeah. Uh, so I kind of put you on a writing project. I only wrote a few because I've been working the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, the I mean, like. The ones that I that uh, I think are kind of more out of the ordinary uh -huh. that you might not get. Like if it was an Iron Maiden one, I would call them the Charlottes. Oh, yeah. Charlotte the Harlot. Right. Yeah. Um, if it was a Sabbath one, I'd call them Dirty Women. That'd be good. Right. Uh, if it was a priest one, I'd call them the Rockerolas. Scorpions one, Love Drive. It's kind of a chick thing, but not really. Yeah. And then if it was a Def Leppard one, I'd call them Photograph. Yeah. Right? But for the more fucking ridiculous ones, i definitely go see Amy Amarth. <laughs> see, right? I went full ridiculous with right. a few that I came up with. Yeah, so. go for it. So uh, I have three. I'm going to do a couple, and I'm going to let you do a couple more, and then I'm going to give you my one that I'm most proud of because it's the most stupid. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in order of stupid. Um, right. So this one, uh, this is if uh, you get a get a tribute band together. They're all women in their 50s or so. Uh -huh. They're all someone's aunt. Right. And uh, you call them Van Helen. Okay. <laughs> Van Helen. Yeah. Um, the next one is... Uh, this one's also pretty close to being one of my stupider ideas. Was uh, we're gonna do a thrash metal tribute band mm -hmm. uh, with a bunch of basic white girls and call it Megan Death. Megan Death. There you go. All right. Um, I got Kingsrike. Mm -hmm. I got Slayer. I would definitely go see Bitch Rainbow. Bitch Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> My Dio tribute band is obviously called Ombretta. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's that's a that's, that's, a, a, inside, that's a deep inside yeah, deep joke. cut. Uh, shout I got, out to Ombretta de Dio. Yeah, uh, I got um, Mastodonna. I got uh, Pistols and Posies. I got uh, my Deep Purple tribute band is just called DP. <laughs> And then I got White Snatch. White Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We got we got your tribute bands covered. Okay, so this for, is uh, okay. This is my my last one right. that I wanted to do. Um, this is going to be a little bit more of a deep cut for the band they're covering, 
and it's a twofer. Okay. It's got two stupid names in one. So uh, we're going to have a, a chick Yingve and a chick whoever else was in the band along with the singer. <laughs> Galcatraz. Okay. Okay. With the, the lead singer is Mam Bonnet. Okay. <laughs> I just had fun with that. Right. It was dumb. Right. And then the guitarist has got to be Inga Malmsteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually wrote right there. Okay, Inga. <laughs> okay. So that's cool. That's funny. That was funny. So the, so the subject of today's podcast is underrated metal bands or yeah. underrated hard rock bands, whatever kind of it is. A, kind of a companion piece to our underrated albums. Right. We did a couple months back. So I, so I Googled it just to get an idea what other people think. Yeah. And this is like Ranker. And Ranker yeah. is like where they have people vote. Yeah. So people actually voted for this. And um, the number one most uh, underrated metal or hard rock band is Rainbow. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Well, you know. Somebody should do a podcast. Yeah, about those about those guys. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you played like, you know, like let's say Temple of the King for mm. for a lot of people, they wouldn't know who it was. Yeah. They would be able to figure. Well, that's Dio, right? Yeah. You know, but what you know? No, it's true. I was actually what tripped me out. Speaking of that, is uh, I was uh, at a um, I was I was out to eat with my wife and a friend of hers at this place, uh, Adrian's Surf and Turf. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out! They're fucking amazing. So oh, cool! It, it's in the kind of Claremont, Kearney Mesa era, area, so mm -hmm. if you're ever up here with Lonnie, you might want to check them out. But Nice. You know, it's really good fucking tacos, so you can get a steak taco, a chicken taco, swordfish, all this. Very good. I'm hyping it a little too much now. But the guy that runs it is a friend of uh, Roxy's friend, and he just, I guess, plays whatever he fucking feels like at any given moment like oh. on his iPod. Right. So I'm sitting, I'm eating my tacos, I'm fucking macking out on that shit. Yeah. It's, I cannot say enough about this place. And then I'm just hearing like, ah, wow. And I'm like, oh shit, they're playing Rainbow. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, this is almost impossible for this to be happening. Yeah, yeah that's not a band that you don't really hear them on like rock radio. Yeah, and if ever. you do, it's something, it's, you know. It's a later era. It's yeah. like since you've been gone or something. Right. Like I've looked them up like when I was going to do karaoke and that's the one Rainbow song. They oh, have. okay. Um, but Did uh, you do it? No, <laughs> I might. I might. At that time, I was. It was. It was pre my really delving in and getting appreciating that era. Right. Rainbow, so I was right. Like, I actually got just got a new DVD of that Japan show, mm -hmm. and it's like the best quality that I've seen so far. So you'll be getting that soon, one of these days. Um, so number two is Diamond Head, which. Uh, also hard to argue. Yeah, Phil, Phil posted a video today, and it was a uh, Mi Evil was nineteen eighty. Mm -hmm. They were way ahead of, of their time. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like they fucking were, shit. They were half the blueprint for Metallica. Yeah, Metallica was basically Diamond Head plus Motorhead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and Metallica covered like half their old sets were fucking Diamond Head. Covers. Right. So I mean, they're. 
definitely one of the most influential bands as far as like thrash metal is concerned. Right. You know, they weren't full thrash when they were doing their thing. You know, it was still that heavy metal, hard rock, you know, the singer kind of sometimes. Yeah. He's got like a Led Zeppelin vibe. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, they were definitely like, they were ahead of their time, yeah. like you said, though, because their, their live shows were where it was at. Right. And like, that's, that's how they made their name. Yeah. And then, you know, bootlegs get out here. Right. And that was, you know, that's how James ended up lucking out is he had a fucking, you know, uh, a Danish friend in right. his band yeah. that's getting all the shit from Europe. Yep. Because Diamond Head has never played in the States, ever. Wow. They never made it across. Even when the new wave of British heavy metal was taken off and bands like Iron Maiden yeah. and shit were hitting big over here, they never ended up hitting it in the States or ever playing here. And I was, I looked that shit up and it wow. was pretty impressive. And the reason why they didn't make it as big as they did is they basically, they just hired some random fucking person to be their manager. Mm -hmm. Like, some of those, like, the manager of, like, a box factory or something yeah. that one of them worked at type of deal. Because they didn't think they were going to get anywhere. Right. And then all this shit was taken off, and they were kicking ass. They didn't have somebody that had any real connections or didn't really know how to manage a band all that well. Right. So they never really hit that peak of success that they could have. Right. You know, and they're, they're kind of, like, along the same lines of, like, uh, you get these bands that you hear about that were, like, all these other bands' influences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, Diamond Head and, like, Tigers of Pantang, like, mm -hmm. bands like that are kind of in that same vein where you had to be, like, a fucking metal nerd in right. the 80s. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known to, about it. Yeah. yeah. And especially, and you had to know somebody that knew somebody that fucking knew the guy at a record store that gets the weird shit mm -hmm. from Europe because... Yeah those were albums that were not big yeah. out here at all. And it's so funny because it was like the, it wasn't only Europe, there was like Europe and then there was the East Coast thing and then there was the West Coast thing. And like some, if you grew up on the East Coast, you know about some bands that we didn't really know about yeah. and vice versa. Oh, like yeah. uh, some chick on some show that we were watching, she was wearing a Kicks shirt. Yeah. And Lonnie's like, who's Kicks? And I'm like, yeah, there's some band from, like, the East Coast or something. We never, like, knew yeah. who they were. You there's know? a lot of bands like that, but some of them actually did. You know, like the Ramones and Blondie and shit were kind yeah. of New York staples for a long time. Right. They were kind of making it bigger. Yeah. You know. But, you know, it's, like you said, it anything pre-internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's those regional bands. Those that, divisions. Th that people didn't really know about. If they weren't, like, big enough to get on MTV. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, it's funny because I was just listening to these guys today because I haven't heard them in forever. They're an alt-rock band, but uh, uh, Rocket from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. And they were San Diego-based alt-rock band. Okay. And they, their peak was in the 90s, you know, and they're pretty fun. Mm. You know, they're, they're kind of, a, they're more the punkier side of alt-rock. Right. So they had a, they're, they, they're more up-tempo than a lot of other bands around that era. But, you know, those are guys that, you know, unless you were living in, really, even in, like, San Diego and listening to 91X mm -hmm. during the 90s, you probably never heard of them. Right. You know? Yeah. They got a lot of, they got a pretty good amount of airplay here on, 
on 91X because they're a local band. Right. You know, it's kind of like now how they have that fucking slightly stupid, which is like started off as a sublime tribute band and then they became their own thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, there's, uh, I'm trying to think. There's, there's got to be some other fucking. There's a bunch. San Diego band. Well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure POD does a lot better around here than they uh, do anywhere else. And uh, uh, <laughs> of all the bands that hit it big. Yeah. Out of our fucking scene. Yeah, I never cared for them. You know, but I mean, I've heard that the dudes are cool, but, you know, so it's all good. They're Chula Vista dudes. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I just don't like yeah, that it, style well, of rock. I, Yeah, it wasn't my style of music, the whole thing. No, but, you know, I, but I did like that they were from, that they were from here and they represented good. I, I like that. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so the number three on the list is Iced Earth. That's a fun band. Yeah, no, they, they've had like 20-something members, yeah. too. So they've had a bunch of people <clears throat> rotate through. And uh, I want, like, you know, I like to kind of just get, like, a sense, you know, before we do these things of, like, yeah. a couple of different eras. And the first thing that I threw in was a concert from uh, from 2011, Vakken, I think. And one of the guitar players, they all dressed in all black. And one of the guitar players had a Confederate flag headband. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so I go, go to research, you know, a little bit. Okay, they're from Florida. Yeah. Right? And then one that they had, uh, Ripper Owens was in the band for yeah. a while. And then uh, when they had, um, they had one guy before Ripper Owens, he left to go be a cop. And then when Ripper Owens left, then he came back. But then he's been replaced by some other guy, so they got like some redneck dude in the band and a and a ex cop. <laughs> so pretty much, Ice they probably ain't going to get on my playlist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's <laughs> the thing: I I dug them a little bit in the early two thousands. Like they're a fun band. Yeah, they're cool. They're um, good. I your reasons like. The fact that they have so many members, like in and out. Mm-hmm. Anytime a band's like that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm wary because you never know which lineup is going to be the good one. Right. Unless you're in on the ground floor yeah. and kind of were like, as they went along listening to it, right. you kind of just fucking take a stab. Right. And I had heard them because I remember, you know, back with digital cable, they still have them. You know, they had like in the 900s or something, mm-hmm. they had like the metal channel and this mm-hmm. and that where it just mm-hmm. plays music. I used to have the metal one on just as background when mm-hmm. I was doing stuff and like I, Iced Earth popped up mm-hmm. uh, with their song Frankenstein right so I was like oh these guys are pretty tight and I listened to them so the only album I had any real connection with that I really knew much of is I can't even remember the name of the album but it's basically like the entire theme is like famous monsters so it's like Frankenstein and Dracula and okay. shit like that yeah. that they're singing about and it was a concept album. Right. And it's a, it was a fun album. Right. The singer at that time kind of reminded me of like Paul Stanley a little bit. Okay. But, um, yeah. See, that's the thing about, <clears throat> about you know, nowadays, we're just spoiled with the avail- availability of things, right? So you can always have whatever exactly it is that you want, you know? So, yeah, I'm probably not just going to go reach for some iced earth later on tonight. But if I was in a situation, kind of like when we were kids, like if like, let's say I was in prison and I only had like a certain amount of tapes and one of those tapes was the Iced Earth tape, 
you bet your ass I'd fucking play that motherfucker back and forth yeah. all the time, you know, because I, I like it. It sounds good. It's just a, it's just missing a little something to where it's going to just jump into my fucking rotation right away. You know what I mean? But it's good, you know. And another band that's good is the number four, which is Blind Guardian. And um, I was checking them out, mm. and their singer, like, I, I saw a more recent concert. Yeah. And their singer looks like the Prime Minister of France, kind of. You know, that's that's like his look. But um, they're like, they're really talented. They have a lot of shit going on in their in their playing and everything. It's almost like to me, like the like whoever runs that band is probably like, man, I should have dressed up like the Pope. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> fucking, you know. But because they're like right in that vein, but like I said, man, it's good and I dig it. And I, I, and just in watching the concert, I thought that, um, like Blind Guardian, they pulled their shit off really good live, nice, really fucking clean and tight, you know. So that's cool. So that they're number four. One thing I, I will note about this list, I went over it and I listened to some of the ones that I uh, didn't really know because mm-hmm. there's a lot that I knew of, and mm-hmm. then after. I think I got to like number 12 or something on the list before I was like, all right, I'm fucking done looking at some of these bands. Yeah. But um, it's very power metal heavy. Oh, yeah. So I just, you know, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I looked at one list, like there was other lists, you know, and I looked at one list and it was all um, Scandinavian names that, yeah. I, you know, have no idea who, the, who they are. Yeah, and they're all probably going to be black metal. Yeah, you're you know, probably not gonna dig on that. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, and usually even then, there's parts, there's things that I like about it. You know, it's just like the whole, the whole thing together. Speaking of which, number five on the list is Merciful Fate, and that like reminds me of the first time that I ever heard of Merciful Fate. Yeah. Uh, there was this dude in my uh, at school with me at Morse, and he was like one of my only friends that I had there. Well, besides Tom Scully and that, that crew. Um, and he was a guitar player. He was way better than me. Like, he was the only guitar player, like, in my whole high school years where he where was demonstratively better than me. And he asked me if, uh, he goes, hey, man, you like Merciful? And I'm like, what the fuck is Merciful? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, it's Merciful Fate. He goes, well, I just call it Merciful. Some people call it Fate. But I just call him merciful. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> you go put yeah, that shit on. Cool. And, then, ah! and I was just like, oh. I was like, I like the music. And I like the fact that he could do that. Mm-hmm. But like, you if don't he like had a, listening to. Yeah, well, if he had a better voice in, in the bottom range. Yeah. And then he used that like for accents. That would be sick, you know. Yeah. But he, but he's up there. He's in that range too much. So it comes off like a gimmick. Yeah, and he's off key a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that's the thing that fucks me up because, like, when when I remember reading about him in magazines and they were saying, oh yeah, he's op, opera trained and whatever, whatever. I don't think he's opera trained because he's not on key a lot. Yeah. So I mean, that's. I found I learned about Merciful Fate. Um, through Metallica, so right. a lot of these bands are going to be because they did it on their uh, Garage Inc. album they did in like '98 or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, 
they did a cover, Merciful Fate, mm -hmm. and it was a medley. Right. So it was like Evil and uh, Curse of the Pharaohs. It was like four songs that they did, right. and it's like 11 or 12 minutes long. Right. And it was fucking sick. Yeah. And I loved it, and I was like, God, I need to eventually look up these guys. And this was before YouTube. This was before Napster. Right. This you had to invent, invest some money. Yeah, in like there. Yeah, it was one of those things. And then I remember one of the dudes in like my group that I hung out with, all the rest of the metalheads, like, dude, I fucking listened to Merciful Fate. Those guys are fucking weird. Yeah. And it was like that dude sings way higher than I expected. Yeah. And then I hadn't <laughs> listened to it. You know, it was when Napster finally came out. I wanted to look up the shit that was on Garage Inc. by the original bands. Mm. So then I looked into what songs were on the Merciful Fate medley, and then I listened to it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they're a band that I can listen to a couple songs right. here and there, but I, I don't know. And man. King Diamond's band now that he has is awesome. Yeah, you know, it's just. You know, I mean, you know, he's he's an acquired taste that I really acquire. Yeah, well, know? there's it's like a, a, another comic we were talking about metal one time, and I think I had met asked you what you thought like thought of Merciful Fate back in the day, mm -hmm. and you're saying you know uh, they kind of were I enjoyed him as a novelty. Yeah, and uh, one dude was like King Diamond the way the way he described King Diamond is like King Diamond is awesome when he's doing like seven minute songs about the devil and not like 15 minute songs about grandma ghosts <laughs> yeah <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> yeah yeah he's a trip it's a trippy thing uh he's a he's a cool character though he fucking he pulled that shit off all right so the so that's five number six is saxon that's absolutely true 100 percent um you know the the thing about Saxon is you could always you could catch a corny phase of Saxon, you yeah. know, especially in video, you know, because they were really really tried hard to break over here, yeah, and it was like I think the opposite of of what you should do because yeah. it seems like the the bands that tried the hardest just couldn't do it, you yeah. know. And, you know, when you see, like, you know, the era where Biff is in, like, you know, white satin and fucking pink spandex or yeah. where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, they really fucking tried too hard on yeah. that shit. But they were fucking great, and they were one of the great live bands of all time, you know? And they're going to be on my list, for, but it's for a different reason. But definitely oh, cool. Saxon. Okay, so the number seven band on the list is Death. What do you know about Death? Well, they are pretty much the uh, OGs of death metal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty much Death and Venom and bands like that were kind of like really started that kind of shit. Um, I don't listen to Death too much. I'm okay. I, I right. like them all right. Yeah. Um, they were never just my cup of tea because I was never really too into the more extreme metal type right. stuff. And they're pretty tame as far as extreme metal is concerned oh, yeah. now. It's not like fucking Mayhem were the ones that were fucking Yeah, insane. Mayhem's insane. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love this. I love the stories of Mayhem. It's just like so, that's so insane. But um, for, uh, for uh, Death, it's, uh, 
the the guitar player it's uh, Chuck Schollander is basically just him you know and everyone who's in the band is hired and he records mostly everything himself or he recorded mostly everything himself he died he had some type of a strange illness like I'm, I'm not sure exa exactly what it was but it was one of those you know Lou Gehrig's type of things yeah. like that you know um, and uh, and the dude like the shit that he wrote is really really strange like nobody some of the guitar parts that he wrote and some of the time changes and shit and key changes and fucking just off the reservation fucking uh, scales and shit is really groundbreaking shit the thing is, is, is like you have to like actively listen to it. It's you. It's not like background shit. Yeah. You know, if it's background shit, it'll make you like nervous or like edgy. <laughs> you know, you have to like you have to you have to really fucking. So I listen to it kind of more, just to uh, to if you want to kind of figure out how you could change your own shit up and and uh, and throw some curveballs. That's where to go. Listen yeah. to some death. And you'll hear some fucking curveballs. All right. So, number eight on the list is Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's one of those bands that I don't think I, I gave them a chance at first because their name was Halloween. You, you know? know, that's the same. Yeah. Uh, it's too, too, too cute. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like, tee hee hee. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're all right. I've I've heard stuff here and there. They're all right. I couldn't name any real songs by them. They're solid. You know, I mean, like if they were if they were playing around here, I would go. I know? mean, it sounds like some shit that you put on like at your Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right after Grim Reaper. Yeah, put some Halloween. Yeah, fuck yeah, and then put the next guys that are on the list, Candlemas. Candlemas yeah. at number nine. They're fucking good, man. Fuck, you they, know they they were. I you know what. Um, Candlemass was going to be on my list. So we picked like two main ones and a yeah. couple of uh, honorable mentions. Yeah. But I figured the fact that they're generally credited as being like the kind of namesake originators of doom metal. Yeah. I didn't know if they counted as underrated. Yeah. At that point. Right. Because they're basically being credited for starting the yeah. genre. It's right. just like death metal because of death. Uh, right. You know. Candlemass had uh, Epicus Dumicus Metallicus, yeah. Metallicus and yeah. they're like, oh, this is doom metal. And they just took the 70s Sabbath sound and up updated it. Right. You know? Yeah. So. The only thing that, uh, the only downside was that I, I saw some of their live videos and they're kind of, they're not all that live. They're kind of pedestrian live, but. That's kind of the that's kind of the genre, right? It's yeah. not a whole lot of fucking you know running around or whatever. Well, yeah, it's all it's slow, doing yeah. plotting. It's, yeah, it's you're there for the atmosphere. Yeah, but I like it. And dude's got riffs. Yeah, dude's got riffs all day. So yeah, Candlemas uh, definitely. Iomi is gonna be playing on their latest album. Oh yeah, that's right. It's gonna ah, be, that's gonna be some oh, Hell yeah. That is what I. That's that's. Candlemass has become a newer interest yeah. of mine. I had not heard them before. And I happened to see uh, an article saying that Tony Iommi is going to be playing on a Candlemass record. Right. I was like, if Iommi's playing on this guy's fucking record, right. I need to check it out. Yeah. So I looked up their first album. I was like, 
And I was like, this is fucking amazing. How yeah. have I never heard of this before? Yeah. And even you were like, man, if this shit was around in the 80s, I would have probably been all over on yeah. it. And I was like, dude, their first album came out in 83. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even fucking... You're like, how did I never yeah, catch one of them until shit. later? But, uh, yeah, well, but... they're a European band. Yeah. During that time period where you couldn't just, you know, get some of that stuff over here. Right. For the most part. Well, if they if they come around, man, I'll shoot out there for sure. That I, I hope they do. And this next dude at number ten is coming around. I just saw it announced today in May mm-hmm. or something. And you know what? Oh fuck! I might not even be in town. But Inve is coming. Oh, good. The Maestro is coming May fifth or May some some shit like that. And uh, I mean, I'm glad he's on the list. But I don't see how anybody could ever think that he was underrated. Yeah. I mean, fucking. <laughs> yeah, literally. Did, did Ingve make this list? Yeah, <laughs> he must have said, you know I what? I need to put myself on the list. I was just put on number 10, so it's not too suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, for as much as I crack on him, I'd probably want to see him live. Right. It'd be interesting. His guitar didn't get fat. Right, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The Unfortunately, like, the thing is, is that he... Uh, he sings now. Yeah, and he he kind of, um, he bought into it to where, like, I think people were telling him, you know what, only guitar players like your music. Only guitar players like your music. And he's like, no, I'm going to fucking get Jolene Turner. No, I'm going to yeah. get fucking, you know, this dude. I'm going to get fucking Ripper Owens, you know, whatever, whatever. And then... He just got beat down to where he's like, "Yeah, only guitar players from the CB, yeah. so it doesn't really matter." So it doesn't what I matter. Do. I'm just gonna play band. guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and 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 so you wouldn't if you went and saw him now, you wouldn't like it as much as if you saw him ten years ago. Yeah. So well, that's the thing. It's like when I decided to give him even more of a chance, um, I looked up like the Ingve Malmsteen's like greatest hits thing. Right. And it's just a bunch of shred tracks. Like, yeah, I don't even know if there's any ones with vocals on them because I didn't fucking come across them until right. I'm, like, eh, I'm tired. Yeah, like it's like when we're talking about Nita Strauss, I can only listen to shred albums for so long. Right, because they start sounding samey, and it's like no, it's impressive. Sure, but I don't know, they don't grab me. It's yeah. like I like I respect Joe Satriani, and his albums are cool for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to sit and listen to a whole Satriani record. Right. Like, at some point, I'm like... Mm. See, now, that shit's good background, though. Yeah. Like, I like that background. shit in the background uh, for a lot of times. And, you know, and of course, like, I, you know, I get into it a little bit more because I'm trying to figure out what they're doing or, yeah. you know, uh, or or I hear things in there that, like, like for example, uh, there's a, since you brought up Nita Strauss, there's a Nita Strauss song where basically your whole song is based upon like a uh, Neil Schoen guitar lick mm-hmm. from a Journey song, and then she builds her whole fucking song around yeah. that around that lick. But yeah, um, with with Ingve, man, uh, I wish he would put a band back together. That would be the I mean, but that's just what would be best for me. You know, I guess he's got it figured out financially how he can fucking you know, keep doing what he's doing and not have to sell any of his Ferraris and whatever, whatever, because there ain't no retirement plan for these motherfuckers, man. They just gotta, that's, you know. Just play until you drop dead. Yep. Chuck Berry was playing until he was 90. Yeah, (laughs) man. 
I and looked. It's funny, like a random thing. I looked that up because I wanted to see like a, a recent Chuck Berry performance, and I was like, I wonder if he's still sick. Yeah. Man, it was an old man standing there playing guitar. <laughs> yeah. He played okay. Yeah. But he was definitely not, you know, fifties well, Chuck Berry. Obviously. Well, yeah. He was more of a. Kind of seem like, more like when you see it, one of them old rhythm and blues guitarists yeah. at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you when you um, when you put like high energy into your stage persona, mm-hmm. that's like when you're a rapper and you name yourself Young Something. Yeah, don't do that. It's not gonna fucking carry into the later stages, and then people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" And that's like that's like where I'm at with Blackmore, you know, yeah. because. Like I said, Iomi could just stand there because he always pretty much just stood there. Yeah. So I'm not missing nothing, you know. Blackmore, man, just standing there, getting all strummy and shit. Man. Yeah, he should. He needs to. Right. He needs to do that DDP yoga or yeah, like shit, keto diet or something. Something. Get himself in all, all limbered up. You know, yeah. If he's gonna play some more rainbow shows. Yep. All right, so let's get to ours. You want to go? Oh, we're oh, we're leaving off uh, the later ones. Yeah. Oh, there was fifteen, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, I only <laughs> oh, wrote down fine. ten. Yeah, I I listened to that uh, whichever band it was that I sent you, like their their skit. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who was that? Uh, that's uh, another Tobias. Another Tobias. Yeah, this guy was Tobias uh, Skeet or some shit. And uh, Aventasia. Aventasia. This is like fucking theater kids go metal or yeah. something. That's well, what it seems is, like. It it was really um, I enjoyed some of the songs, right? Like, uh, but it was really like uh, when your D and D group gets bored and learns how to play metal. Like, yeah, the, the fact that they had full on like skits on it with like weird, you know, uh, like, yeah, a guy like torturing a demon chick, but like. They didn't have any chicks in the studio, so it's just a dude trying to make the chick voice. Right, through it, yeah. That's where I through some kind of an octave pedal or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I did want to mention I had this idea. I think we need to on our uh, Facebook page. We need to post some like YouTube videos and stuff for like the like shit we what we were talking about. about. Yeah, that's because good idea. people can only listen to me humming fucking Blackmore riffs or badly singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they're not familiar with it, right. You know, they can only do that so much, but I really wanted them to to fucking hear this uh, track Malice Maleficarum from Aventasia because it's like a guy like, you know, we have ways to make you remember. Yeah. And there's all of a sudden like a dude going like, I have done no wrong. Yeah. And I was like, I almost spit my soda yeah. out of my desk. Uh, because it's like. The next line's the best. Oh, that was like, uh, blood shall come upon you. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, it was, it was, it was a bunch of dudes that, like, English was not their first language. Yeah. Trying to do some weird magic D&D shit in English. Yeah. And it's like when you said, like, when Yngwie writes a song. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got, like, ESL level English. Right. So all his songs are very basic. Yeah, he writes lyrics, and yeah. then he would hire a guy to sing them good. Right, but like Rising Force, like the actual song, which is weirdly on Odyssey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not on Rising Force. Right, um, pretty basic lyrics. Oh yeah, but yeah, you know, he's got Jolyn yeah. Turner singing right. fucking good as shit. Right, 
And that's yeah. one of the few times I got really, I'm like, oh, I think I, maybe I do dig Jolin Turner. Yeah. But that's then, a good record. Yeah. But then it's funny because the critics kind of were criticizing his vocals on it and saying he sounded kind of weaker and more uninspired compared to his other offerings because he had just recently been in a car accident. Right. And I'm over here going like, he sounds more distinctive in this yeah. album to me. Maybe he needs to almost die right before recording an album for me to like it. Well, you know, man, that's what that's another thing, man. That's that's uh like you said, like Ingve had that crash and then and Mustaine had that injury where his arm was like yeah. no good. That trips me out when dudes that you know that at such a level and then they get to where they can't play no more and then they get to where they can play at a level again. That's yeah. amazing to me, man. It's amazing. That That's why I think those, make, yeah, those Megadeth albums were so aggressive. Yeah. I think he was fucking mad that yeah. he was out of commission from it. All right, let's get to our lists now. All right. That's enough of the, the upvote one. I just wanted yeah. to talk about that specific one because right. it was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I didn't want to talk about whatever the Italian metal band was. Like, there was a lot of power metal on there once mm -hmm. you start. Like, you already know before you even listen to a single song you already know what it's gonna sound like yeah when it's like a band called Aventasia and there's a fucking dragon on the front yeah and yeah then like there's another one like something something in flames with dragons and shit on right, it right like you already right. know yeah what it's gonna the sound like the only the only uh, surprise for me with some of those is is it gonna be keyboards or not keyboards is yeah it be how, you know how much because that that really that could turn a yes into a no for me yeah. Sometimes with that shit. I mean, I like a little, like, you know, a little spice, but... You don't want it being too keyboard-based. Yeah, not too All much right, keyboard. All right, so on to our underrated bands. Yes. Um, I figure I'll kick us off here with mm -hmm. one of my first honorable mention. And uh, these two are my honorable mentions because one of them, I think it might be a little too gimmicky to be considered underrated entirely, and we're, we'll get to that. This one... Uh, because it's not a real band. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to throw Death Clock on there. Okay. Because in the 2000s, Metalocalypse was my fucking show. Okay. It's fucking hilarious. It still makes me laugh when I watch it. But the thing is, uh, Brendan Small, the guy that puts that, you know, writes the show and does voices and this and that, he's an actual good musician. Okay. So he wrote all the music. For it and the thing is is it's all it's jokey mm -hmm. so the lyrics are purposely stupid mm -hmm. and death metal but it's fucking shredding hard okay. constant every fucking song and they released three out well four yeah. actually there was four like death clock albums that they put out right and the first one I think was one of the the, the death album was considered the highest charting black metal album in like US history or something oh, like wow. that and just every fucking riff is killer. Okay. The lyrics are purposely dumb, right. so you have to get past. It's like when you listen to like Steel Panther. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking good. Yeah. But it's jokey lyrics. Right. It's the same thing. Right. You know, when you have like Nathan Explosion, the lead singer, like I'm so fucking tough. I'm so fucking tough. You yeah. know, I'm so fucking tough. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like the, the riffs. <laughs> And yeah. he's fucking slamming. Right. And he's singing about murdering mermaids and shit. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, but my boy Lenny was oh, into that show. I never got into it. Maybe I'll give it another look. It was, yeah. To me, it was if you took kind of the concept of Spinal Tap 
and then cranked it up. Yeah. A bunch. Right. Because the whole thing is that this this fucking black metal band is the biggest fucking band in the world. Right. And they the the band themselves are have like more money than like small countries. Right. Like I think they said like one of the gags was that they're like the seventh largest economy in like the fucking <laughs> world or some shit like that. So they're fucking huge and like every show they play, like people are fucking dying in the audience right. because of crazy shit and Oh yeah. It's yeah. because they like one episode is they wanted to play like on the rim of an active volcano and then the volcano erupted and killed the entire audience. And, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check that out. All right. The the list that I made is basically uh old school bands that that for whatever reason, you know, because nowadays, man, like if you go, if you go see, for example, early in the show, we're talking about Judas Priest. If you're going to go see Judas Priest, like right now, you for me, you have to turn your expectations down a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, one dude's missing. Um, we're going to go see Kiss next month. My expectations are not Shit, that through is the roof high, you know. That is catching up. Man. Yeah, I have a busy week that week. Like my <laughs> my wife's gonna be in uh, Florida, right? For that, by the way, and it's funny because um, I'm flying out there um, that uh, Saturday, and okay? Because she's gonna be there for a few days for a conference, and then her work told them that they can extend it, mm -hmm. and uh, she's like, "Oh, I'll extend out a week." And we're, we're going to just go out. I'm going to fly out. We're going to go to Universal and Disney World. Right. But before that, I have a show um, the day, that Friday okay. that I'm booked on. And then Kiss is that, the day before that. Right. So I'm going to be fucking, I'm a busy little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the, so the point was that with some of these older bands, you kind of have to temper your fucking expectations. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was uh, put forth some old bands that you don't have to temper your expectations. Yeah. That they're still, you know, uh, uh, kicking ass and in that sense may be underrated. And first on that list for me is Saxon. You know, um, when, we, uh, when we saw Motorhead on the last, on Lemmy's Last Legs uh, tour, Saxon opened. Yeah. Which made the the sadness of what Motorhead did even more apparent because Saxon was so fucking sick. Because, yeah. however, they're I, you know I mean they're in their sixties I think most of them, and they but they come with it like fucking I don't I don't even know how these old fuckers can still do that shit. Yeah, but they really come fucking heavy and and. Uh, and they've also modernized the the way that some of the old sa songs sound. Yeah. So they sound heavier, and it's a, they're fucking heavy. If you get a chance to go see Saxon, definitely go. You know, Diamond Head is. I was listening to a more recent live Diamond Head record. They kind of did the same, where they updated the sound of the older shit. Yeah. So it sounds heavier. Right. Um, That's good. Yeah. I mean, I saw Motorhead on their tour before their last one, I think. Mm -hmm. And. Up until like you know, let me have fucking cancer. Right. Uh, Motorhead was still. Oh yeah, definitely hard. Definitely. Like, so I we just watched uh, because you know, like I said, that was Lonnie's first time seeing Motorhead. Yeah. 
and you know he wasn't well like the next the next day the next stop on the tour he didn't finish the show yeah so that's you know so I wanted her to get a good look at like what they were like yeah not back in the days but like recent recent so I showed her like 2015 or 2016 and I think it was 2015 and they were still fucking killing it yeah you know so yeah so yeah, definitely Motorhead fit in that yeah. category of, wow. of bands that still bring it all the way to the end for sure so I'm gonna throw out my other honorable mention one that it was a it was gonna be on my list and then I decided mm, maybe not but it's uh I, I sent you a couple tracks to them but it's uh Ailstorm Ailstorm and they're uh <laughs> That shit is fucking funny. It's a fucking pirate metal band. It's pirates. And definitely fucking uh, the like the dude from Dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but it's cool though. I mean, it you was know, fun. You know, it's it, yeah. It's not something that I could ever see headlining an arena. Right. But if you're at like your local bar, yeah, or pub or something like that, and yeah. the, the fucking pirate guys got on and started singing their heavy metal pirate tunes, right? You know, it makes you want to get a fucking tanker to grog, or yeah, a fucking pirates drink, and yeah, and sing along with them, right? And, you know, it's kind of that kind of vibe. It should too. play outside Pirates of the Caribbean like full time. Yeah, well, the thing <laughs> is, I had first heard of them. Because I was listening to some other podcast, and I can't remember the name of it, but they're talking about different genres of metal, and they mentioned folk metal. Right. And then they said, and then you get get even bigger subdivisions of folk metal. Right. And they mentioned pirate metal. Right. And then they mentioned... Well, I like pirate metal more than that. most of that folk metal. Yeah. But it's got a folky quality. Yeah. Because there's, you know, you get, you know, like... Uh, Flutes popping in. Yeah, there and is that instrumentation. So yeah, for it's sure. Sound, it's an interesting sound, and it's you know the uh, the lyrics are are all about pirate shit. Right. And so it's really up to you know if you like the singer and like the gimmick, you'll probably enjoy them. If that's not your thing, you probably won't. Right. Which is why they didn't make my official list after massive consideration. Right. But they're fun, and I would like to see them live. Yeah, like that, I bet they'd be a fucking blast at the House of Blues. Yeah, that would be hilarious. That would you know? be great. Yep. Yeah, but definitely. I, apparently, they play in the Bay Area a lot. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the f- friend of mine lives in the Bay Area and has said that oh, they're a fucking awesome band live. And oh, that would be cool. For years, so. Anyway, moving. That'd on. be cool. <laughs> All right, so my second, my second one along the same lines is um, Michael Schenker, Michael Schenker Group, yeah. uh, which. Now is uh, he's been doing that Michael Schenker Fest, which is where he gets all the old singers and they all come and mm-hmm. do shows. And uh, they did one in L.A. and I didn't make it. Now I regret not making it. Yeah. Because um, because Michael Schenker is one of those dudes who uh, he's been through all the phases. Yeah. You know and. It's really cool when you see a dude that's like been through a lot of shit and he comes through on the other side and he's playing better than ever. Yeah. And uh, th- and another cool thing, I mean, is like you might have seen him before and you didn't dig it for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, maybe because he was like fat and wearing a jacket and, and shorts and shades and a hat, and, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But he's fucking doing great right now, and he and he's got all the singers, and it's a trip because I like, like I like 
the singers in different order than I liked them at the time that they recorded this shit. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing, too, is that nobody else is going to play those songs. You know, he's going to play fucking, you know, his songs. He plays some Scorpion songs. He plays, um, uh, he plays some UFO. He plays UFO. And so, you know, it, it's cool, man. And, and he's playing, like I say, better than fuck, man. Better than anything but the early, early days, yeah. you know? So, so definitely go see Michael Schenker if you get a chance. I definitely, I, I definitely need to. I've listened to the, him here and there. I've d- dug everything I've listened to. Yeah. Um, uh, I got turned on to Michael Schenker, actually. This is another thanks to Metallica. <laughs> right. Um, on a, I had Guitar Hero Metallica on my Xbox mm-hmm. back in the day. And they picked, you know, it's just a bunch of songs that they like. Right. And Michael Schenker group, Armed and Ready, right. was on there. Yeah. And that was, you know, a fun one to play along with. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Shit. For sure. And I was like, I need to check out Michael Schenker group. Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. I dug it, you know, so. Yeah. And he's, one of the, he's another one of those crazy dudes where he was in the Scorpions at 15. You know, it's fucking, it's a, it's a whole fucking crazy, that's, that fool's had a crazy fucking life. And that's something for me to say that another fool's had a crazy life. But fucking shit. Yep. So. so okay. did, did you? Was that all your picks? No, those are my two picks. Oh, I got okay. an honorable mention. Okay, cool. I start off with my honorable mention. Right. Yeah, okay. I just go backwards. All right. So I'm a, my, uh, my first pick uh, for underrated, I think it's because I think metal bands that come out now just don't get the as much word of mouth um it's one of those things you just kind of hear of them through another dude that's in a metal but mm. they're probably never going to be like huge or mm. anything like that right but it's uh i've sent you it before uh but it's a doom metal band out of i think they're from austin texas uh paul bear right and this is me this is where me being slightly young at least comes in handy because i i tend to seek out the newer stuff a little bit more than mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. but this is Probably 2012 or something is when I got turned on to them. Right. Um, I can't even remember how. Mm-hmm. It might have been in like a metal, you know, chat group or something like that with people talking about like bands they like or do metal bands they're into and Paul Bearer came up. I don't remember how, but I decided to check them out. Right. And I was fucking, like I immediately, like I listened to maybe one song on YouTube and then I bought their album. And cool. that was their second album. Right. You know, uh, it's called Foundations of Burden. Right. And the thing is, is when you, with them, I can't call them my most underrated band because they are more, I mean, they're the kind of band where you can play them in the background and it'll be fine. But like, you know, you can sit and listen to them and then you really start picking out some of the intricacies on it. But they're kind of more, they come off more atmospheric mm-hmm. because it's a doom metal band. Right. So it's very slow. Very long intros. Long intros, long everything. And it's, it's fucking cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to pick like, oh, this is the killer single off of that album. Right. Because they all kind of mix into each other. Yeah, yeah, and totally. each song, like the songs are long as shit. Right. Like when you look at a record of theirs and you're like, Holy shit! So there's only five songs on this. Yeah. But then, like each song is like 
10 plus minutes. There's some songs where it's like, oh, this is an instrumental. Yeah. And then at some point, there the, there are lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, yeah. you think you're listening to instrumental, and then yeah. four minutes in, the secret decides to chime in. And sometimes it's like, you know. I like the way they sound, though. Yeah. They fucking sound awesome. Yeah. yeah. They might not need to be. Eh. Sometimes the songs come off as long for the sake of long. Right. Uh, I don't like some of those intros, like you said, that they have these long fucking intros for some song. Right. That you could cut that intro in half and probably not miss out on anything. Right. But, yeah, you know, when you're sitting, like, for me, I listen to a lot of my music at work when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm working. It's fucking perfect for fucking kind of zoning out while you're doing your job and you got, like, this cool riffs right. going on the whole time. Yeah. So I'm going to go with... Go with Paul Bearer on that. I think we'll, you know, after this, we'll decide what songs we want to post up on the the, the Facebook page. If you haven't, uh, a bunch of our friends managed to at least like our Facebook page. Right. But if you look us up and hit the like podcast on Facebook, we have a Facebook page Facebook, there. We have a Twitter now. Yeah, we have a Twitter now. So I'll Big probably Frog, do an Instagram next week. Yeah, Big Frog sure. is going to be talking shit to the president with yeah, our Instagram. Right there, yeah. So, you know, if we suddenly disappear, yeah, you'll know why. You'll know is because he pissed off the president one too many yeah. times. He got had a fucking relapse and be like, "I'll fucking fight you anywhere, yeah. puto!" Like, okay, yeah, come come to the wall, Holmes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we 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 do want to do that a little bit more. Uh, maybe when enough people like our page or this and that, yeah. we'll consider maybe a Facebook group so people can fucking talk about metal and shit for and, sure. Get more people to listen to us and talk about metal amongst each other and have yep. a good time. Hell yeah! Uh, that's what I'm. That's that's my that's my 2019 goal. Yeah, is to get enough of, of you motherfuckers listening. So if you know other people that are really into metal and will dig this and yeah. want to fucking talk metal with us, yeah, that'd be fucking rad. So, I got I got hooked up for Christmas with a couple different sets of tickets to things and my birthday's coming up so I'm probably gonna get some more because I'm fucking very difficult to buy for other than t-shirts and hats yeah so and half uh, your fucking hat ideas went right out the window on the yeah left. exactly so yeah so I've got pretty much most of the ones that I need but um yeah so I'll be doing some reviews and you know we'll I mean Probably we'll, we'll be doing that kiss review coming up here soon. That'll be, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's it's your go. I've got one more. You got one more. I've got one more, <laughs> and this is uh, this is an honorable mention again, and this is a this is a band that I regret having missed on the last time, and the reason that I missed it was because. You know, word of mouth is that David Coverdale's voice is shot. And yeah. He fucking can't sing no more, whatever, whatever. Well, I recently got a uh, DVD of the the White Snake Purple Tour. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome, you know. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of whispers about Ozzy that there's some dude backstage who fucking sings along and shit. Yeah. You know, and. If somebody else's voice that was shot mysteriously came back and sounded yeah. good again, I might kind of be suspicious of that too. Whatever the case might be, they fucking David Coverdale sounded good on that fucking thing, and his band is like they're 
trying to be like the best band in the world. Yeah. You know, they're fucking, they're really out there fucking, he's got fucking Red Beach on guitar, he's got Joel Hoekstra, they're another two of those dudes that can fucking just fucking play yeah. anything. And um, it's an awesome show. And I and so I hope they fucking come back around because I'll fucking definitely check them out this time. Yeah. I forgot who they came with last time, like Foreigner or some shit. Yeah, sure. That's one of those things where uh, the, the opening band is like a bonus. Yeah. I, yeah, that was the thing. Like with White Snake, um, I didn't know. Like back when I didn't know shit about shit. Like yeah. I just, all I knew was White Snake was from their fucking eighties shit. Right. You know, and I wasn't digging it. That wasn't right. my thing. Right. It was, it was trying to be like all the other kind of glam bands that yeah. were happening at the time. So you had the power ballads with the chick on a car. Right. And this and that, and I just thought it was weird because like. Yeah, like for me, it was like around that time you have Poison and Warrant and all those guys, right. the hot chicks and the videos and their power ballads and all that. Right. And then I'm like, this guy is significantly older than these fucking dudes. Right. Like, kind of doing the same thing. Right. Well, see, the thing is, is that like, see, White Snake was big in Europe, right? Yeah. And and that's where I was at the time. So, but for me, they were trying to do that fucking blues rock they were still trying to do that fucking deep purple fucking end phase thing yeah you know? well i mean that's one of their fucking guitar players wore a fucking hat like a, <laughs> you know what i mean like a blues hat yeah so uh, you know so then they then they evolved to slide it in which yeah. was where i fucking was like yeah i like this shit and then they evolved to to the next album which was that White Snake yeah. or 1987 they call it or whatever but it was like to the ear it wasn't that different yeah it was just that they fucking the got vision. costumes yeah. and fucking Tiny Contain which I yeah. liked you know you turned out to be the craziest bitch in the world yeah <laughs> but um, that's right that was some shit with uh, fucking yeah. MLB yeah she beat, she beat him up she yeah. beat him up yeah so crazy she bitch. Uh, she ended her career for him Right. And it's like, what fucking career? Yeah. You're a lucrative career on, you're going to fucking wriggle around on cars forever to White Snake videos? Yeah, no like, shit. that shit had a fucking end date. Oh, for sure. And that shit was fucking, yeah. you know, December 31st, 1989. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. If you had any, any illusions, just look how old the dude you were doing it with was, at, yeah. even then. You know, because, like, Lonnie's like, how old is he there? And I'm like, I don't know. Probably 40s. 43, like that. Yeah. It, but, um, I, I, fuck, man. It was one of those deals. But she did say, she goes, you know what, though? I I, I can see it. He's about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He is. He's a fucking rock star. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the funny thing with David Coverdale. He was pretty young when he first joined right. Purple, and he yeah. was an unknown. Unknown. Totally unknown. He was unknown. like some dude, like, fucking working in a barber shop yeah. or something. And yeah. Got hired for the But you team. know, I mean, outside of outside of Dio, which seemed like a very calculated move, uh -huh. it seems like Richie does a lot of shit that way. Like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I seen him and he was good. So, yeah. fuck it. He's in the band. So, yeah, Coverdale got to learn how to be a rock star. Right in there. The, in, like, the biggest rock band in the world yeah. at the time, just about. And, it was. They, you know, like, like when, in, in that California jam. Yeah. There's video of Sabbath playing earlier in the day. 
Yeah. So like you know they were California Jam looked like that was a fucking oh, great man, show because I've crazy. I watched some of the Sabbath from California yeah. Jam and, and then you, and then you see uh, Blackmore destroys the stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. So yeah, good pick with White Snake. I probably need to give him a little bit more of a chance. Right. Um, because like you said, their earlier stuff doesn't quite grab me. Yeah. It was definitely it surprised me what it sounded like because I didn't know what to expect. I'll shoot you that concert so you can see yeah. like what the, what their whole shit is about now because they play a lot. It was the Purple Tour, but yeah. they play a lot of Deep Purple. It was pretty, well, yeah, it was him going yeah. back to his Deep Purple yeah. shit. So and it was fucking, I White, liked it. You know, White Snake was his continuation of Deep Purple. Basically. Because really, what is it? Fucking, uh, um, I, I'm not sure on this, but I was I was pretty sure when I said it. He's like, mm -hmm. what's, what does White Snake mean? I, I think that's supposed to be his, his dick. Yeah. Well, is, they, they, they were looking up on. and John Lord had, had played on some White Snake shit. Yeah, he did. Ian Pace was in Ian the band Pace for a minute. Yeah. So yeah. It really was just a continuation of the deep. It was. Shit. It was. Once yeah, they, without Glenn Hughes. Yeah. Once yeah. they folded it up, they were like, well, yeah. we all like playing together. Yep. He was probably like, I would get Glenn, but he's just going to try to take over again. Yeah. So, yep. Got shoe Sorry. shine music. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I've heard in Blackboard. Yeah, that and uh, uh, Geezer and the Wops. Geezer and the Wops. Yeah, music. All right. All right, so well, that's I it. Oh, you still got, oh, <laughs> shit. Now you got to edit out of that. Scene. Okay. Nah, we can keep it. Yeah, in. we'll keep it. Oh, let's make it easier for you. No fucking editing in this yeah. episode. I don't uh, do that much anyway. So my, my pick, uh, my number one underrated band pick, um, not quite a metal band, they're definitely fucking hard rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going with Nashville Pussy. Ah, uh, yes. And Nashville is, Pussy. And that's the kind of band that, you know, they're not going to get a lot of radio play because they got pussy in the name. Right. That's, that makes it tough. As a matter of fact, like, Google doesn't finish their uh, name. No. You have to type the whole thing yeah. because otherwise it won't get there. YouTube they, won't either. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a disadvantage. Um, but they kind of leaned into it. Right. They, I've, I've heard them described as like sleaze rock and shit like that. Right. They basically kind of set out, they, they took the Motorhead approach mm -hmm. in a way of just wanting to be the best bar band. That, in, and that's exactly the, what they are. In the world. And they would, they're, a, they're basically like a fucking awesome bar band. Yeah. And they'd be they're like a, a bar band that practices a lot. Yeah, like and another <laughs> band that would be great to see at like House of Blues. Oh yeah, that would and be I missed fun. them the last time they came through oh, because I think right. I was posting on Facebook about how they're, you know, uh, my my favorite sleaze rock band, and right. someone was like, "Oh, you seeing them in a couple weeks?" And I'm like, "Shit, I don't have any money," but um, it's like the next time they come through, I gotta see them um, because it's probably not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean they got a following in right. like Europe even. Yeah, they have like a live album that they recorded in London. Yeah, I watched them uh, again at uh, some European festival, and yeah. they were they had the crowd going. They were fucking, they were killing it. Oh fuck yeah, dude! And they just they got that chick. Yeah, everything about their presentation. Yeah. Is like you got this fucking hillbilly looking motherfucker mm -hmm. on vocals. Mm -hmm. You get a fucking guitar, a chick on guitar with like yeah. huge fucking tits all yeah. pushed out. Yeah. Like they just, they have a thing that yeah. they went for and they didn't compromise it. Right. And, and they don't stray from it. No. It's very basic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like taking, um, 
I, the way I kind of describe them is like if you took kind of Motorhead in a in a couple ways and like mashed it together with like Ted Nugent. Yeah. That's kind of what you get, but then throw some fucking Southern rock in there. Right. Because and it's if you haven't listened to Nashville Pussy, listen to them. If you have, you probably go like, yeah, they're pretty fucking unique. Yeah, they and are. They're especially nowadays, you know, and they're another one of those. <laughs> And the things that if if you're looking for an old you know rock band yeah and you say you know they don't make music like that no more they, they do yeah. yeah they do that they, that's what they're doing they'll you say know? a lot of fucking cuss words in there yeah they some will gross shit but yeah what's funny especially like throwing in the Ted Nugent part is um, that's how they got their name was from the the Ted Nugent Double Live Gonzo right uh, one of the intros to the songs. I know you'll have to listen to Double Live Gonzo again, right? Because I remember hearing it years back and going like, "I wonder if that's where they got it." Because uh, I guess I don't know if he's playing in Nashville or something. But Ted's on stage, he's like, "This one's for all that Nashville pussy out there tonight," or something like that's that. That's right. And uh, then plays like Wango Tango or something. Right, shit. right, right. And uh, Nashville Pussy took that. Yeah. Took it from a, a Ted Nugent. That's thing. great. And I, God, man, I Ted is. Ted can fucking practically make it as underrated, you know. Definitely, he's definitely as a guitar player. Well, yeah, underrated. he's he, people treat him like a one-hit wonder. Yeah, but, you know, but he's he, he's a fucking pretty goddamn good guitarist. Well, yeah, his live show is and pretty he, fucking awesome. And it well, and it used to be epic. Yeah, like it used to be some shit that people talked about for weeks. Yeah, it was up there you with know? Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Mm. He's such a dick. Yeah, he's such a fucking dickhead. Yeah, I saw him the last time he. I think it was. It must have been the last time he was in San Diego. But me and my brother and his roommate went and saw him at House of Blues. Right. And uh, you know they had some random band I'd never heard of before since opening, and they're pretty good. And then he had the old uh, rhythm guitarist singer that sang on like uh, Stranglehold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the band. Oh great! So it was a fun show. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is, um, one day years later, I randomly uh, decided because every once in a while, I'll Google or go on YouTube and look up shows that I've been on, mm-hmm. been to, to mm-hmm. see who recorded it and see if it was as cool as I remember it because everything's right. sick in the moment. Right. So I looked up, you know. Ted Nugent, House of Blues, San Diego, 2010, I right. think it was. <clears throat> and it's, that's, there's Ted playing Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I see a fucking hand up in the air, a row ah. in front, <laughs> with three fingers. <laughs> oh, shit. So whoever was recording this show was one or two rows behind me in the balcony. Right. And it's the back of me definitely fucking rocking out to Ted Nugent. So ah, I'm like, oh shit, there's video proof of me at a, a Ted Nugent At a concert. fucking right-wing rally. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Uh, I was watching something where they were, it was an interview show, and they wanted to interview um, Ted Nugent about, like, some guitar shit. And the guy's like, I'm going to try to steer him away from anything, you know, but fucking... He was fucking busting on, like, I guess Obama was the president at the time. And he was like, um, and he was like telling the interviewer, he's like, what's this? It's a dead president. 
you know, yeah. like fucking shit like that. Just you yeah. know, where he's like, he doesn't go, f- he doesn't stray far from that shit. Yeah. Well, so it's I mean, hard to like talk to him about anything else, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's like that, and like I remember, like he had uh, one of his quasi hits in the '90s with "Kiss My Ass." Oh yeah. And he's just singing about you know how much he hates Bill Clinton and shit. Yeah. But yeah, we got a little distracted there. Started talking <laughs> about Nashville Pussy and ended up talking about the Nuge. The Nuge but and his fucking... Nashville Pussy, like, they're the kind of band that, you know, I don't want to fucking find out anything yeah. about them. Anything. Yeah. anything. Right. I don't want to know what they think politically. Yeah. Like, because I fuck, I'm pretty you sure... You don't want to, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure what it is when they got fucking Confederate flags up on the stage right. and shit like that. So, right. they're the less I know, the better... You know what's funny is if somebody hit me with with Nashville pussy, like as a question, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "What else you got?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would be my first choice, but I mean, I take it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it would be my fucking first choice. Well, Nashville is a pretty fucking it is cool city. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. It is. It's it's um where all the musicians go. Yeah. For that. For that type yeah. of music, but Nashville, oh, Boston. that's another thing. I, I saw. So I, I only looked at it because I wasn't going to listen to it. But supposedly there's some new thing of Hetfield and uh, and playing some of the Metallica songs in like a country style, like unplugged yeah. or something. Ah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure it's okay. Yeah, for, yeah, but no, I um, can't. Not, I can't. I just no. I've heard some of them play their unplugged shit for yeah. like the the bridge school benefit. And I'm not a fan of unplugged at all. Yeah, like like you know like I downloaded this thing, which I just I didn't get the joke evidently, and it was White Snake unzipped. <laughs> but it's that. It's, uh, and it's yeah. But anyway, yeah, I don't like it anyway. And then when you throw a little bit of country flavor extra on there, yeah. I'm not gonna like it even more. I'm creeping so. to death, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's kind of funny though is um, we're kind of getting far off of here, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, we got a couple more minutes. We can fuck around. Yeah, you know, people might have turned it off already. Yeah, just no better. Fucking jerking off. Yeah, it's all good though. <laughs> but uh, uh, around the time uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou" came out, and a little bit after that, all right, everybody kind of got into uh, bluegrass for a minute. Oh, jeez. And. You know what? I will say, as a white person, I kind of like bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, it's not my go-to. Right. But I can listen to it here and there. Okay. And be like, okay, cool. You know. Yeah. See, I gotta yeah. be in the right mindset for that. And you know what? And what's funny is I just don't. I just don't like country music. Like, yeah. I don't like um, any kind of country music. Yeah. I don't like Mexican country music. Like yeah. that fucking shit that they. I don't like any of that. Um, I don't like any of that shit that the fucking that the hillbillies play at yeah. any at any place. Any hillbillies you know? are the only. I mean, the only one that I that I would dig of any kind of people like that would be like the gypsy music in Europe. That's yeah. rad, you know. But this shit over here, yeah. When I, you there. ain't fucking around with the shit that you you know. Yeah. Your tio that fucking walks no. in with the big fucking hat. I don't like no mariachi shit. Yeah. I don't like none of that shit. So anywho. Um, they had a bluegrass tribute to Metallica album, oh, and I ended up checking it out, and it's fucking. You either you gotta like bluegrass, but there's some stuff on it they adapt because it was bluegrass bands mm-hmm. uh, 
they're competing in their style, adapting it to their style. Right. So it was an interesting take. Right. On some of the those songs, I might shoot you one and just be like, just listen to it for a minute, mm-hmm. and you could at least go, okay, this is cool for what it is, but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at Knott's Berry Farm, they play instrumental country versions of popular songs. Yeah. And and one of the songs that they 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 played a lot of ACDC. Yeah. Because I guess it just lends itself to because it's just rock and roll, just yeah. loud. You well, know? it's rock and roll loud, which is just blues licks, right? And sped up and louder. Yeah. So there you go. So they make so you know whatever whatever it's all good. Uh, I I would definitely like a countryfied version of a hard rock song, probably better than a country song. I yeah. imagine you know. So there's that. If that's any that's fucking, true. I and you know the. It works both ways. Um, uh, I have I've, list, I've heard James Hetfield do like kind of like hard rock takes on country songs. Right, uh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, to me, like he did uh, Waylon Jennings at his tribute concert. It's like, uh, don't you think this outlaw bit has done got out of hand? Yeah, and uh, just added some rock riffs to it. Right, and, shit, and it was pretty fun. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's time to wrap it up. All right. So, so uh, that's it for our underrated episode. It's uh, It was fun to just kind of fuck around a little bit. For yeah. The first one of the new year. Yeah. Um, after doing four plus, uh, well, it's five. Each episode was like an hour and a half. So yeah, almost. Yeah. So we did, like, we did a lot of Sabbath talk. We did like seven hours of Sabbath, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it so, seemed like, I don't know if my no. math's off on that. But yeah. So maybe we'll. we'll uh, Six hours or so, yeah. We'll get some other episodes in before we tackle another band because, yeah. like, like an Iron Maiden episode is going to be. It's going to be pretty long. long. Judas Priest is probably yeah. pretty long. So honestly, I think we may have um, not done Metallica justice early on. Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll we'll hit we that might, back. We might have to get back to right. Metallica yeah. again. You know. We could do that maybe as a as a big four type of thing, yeah. or you know. But anyways, so. Signing out from the San Diego Public Library, this is Big Frog. Mike Castleberry. For the Hit the Light podcast. Until next one, we're out. Happy New Year, gang. Bam.